Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Brett. How are you? All right. How are you? I'm great. That's it's great Monday, and I'm recording the practice podcast with you. And we don't usually it's, record on Mondays, so that's really a great way to start the week. If I were you, I would be very. Right. Happy. I'm happy to be in a room with you. So, uh, well, as is anyone usually. So, I was wondering if today you wouldn't mind talking to me about a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart, and that is pro bono legal services. Yes. Now, I'm not talking about involuntary pro bono <laughs> legal services, which are it's not the, near and the dear. kind where we do the work and don't get paid by people who can pay. We're talking about legal services provided to people in need, people in need, right? Who can otherwise afford correct legal assistance. Yeah. And I think we've <clears throat> always at our firm shown a commitment to pro bono. We support some of the legal aid organizations. Mm-hmm. So have all of our attorneys handle pro bono cases from time to time, but it doesn't, seem like everybody does pro bono. Right. I mean, and we can get into, like, we we had talked about the Florida Bar does not mandate pro bono hours or dollars. Right. It's one of the only states in the country. One of a few, right, right, that doesn't. And for some reason, they don't. I don't know why. We're not talking about, you know, there has to be a tremendous amount of hours or a tremendous amount of dollars. Like, right. the, you know, it doesn't have to be. And there are so many lawyers in the state of Florida that if you just ask for a little bit, it's going to go a long way, right? right. And mandate it. Right. So they don't do that. So, um, but, but we are required to report it, right? So on the bar renewal yeah. form. Yeah, there's a reporting, but it's, it's it voluntary. It asks you to report number of hours and number of dollars. Correct. But there's no repercussion to putting zeros for both. Correct. Right. It is not mandatory. So it is mandatory for a disclosure to fill out the form. Right. But it is not mandatory to do. If you put zeros, it, there's no repercussions for that at all. So I don't understand that. We here at our firm uh, really want people to get involved, right? There's several reasons why. The, for the young lawyers, it's a great way for them to learn, right? And to interact yeah. with clients and to really get a firsthand interaction, firsthand experience with clients who really need these services, Right. And so you can see the impact you have on the clients that really need right. this, these services. And so that's a great way for young people to get their experience. It's a great way to connect with the community. It's a great way to give back in terms of hours and dollars. And so we support young lawyers doing it. We support any, actually, any lawyer at our firm doing it. And right. our firm does do a lot of hours, a lot of pro bono hours. And we also, as you said, support a lot of the legal aid societies and pro bono services right, right. as well, because there's a huge need out there for it. Sure, sure. I mean, this, probably the only thing I remember from my law school graduation was the comment that if you do well, you have an obligation to do good. Right. And so, yep. and I think we've always kind of taken that to heart and you and I have and, and others in our firm have as well. And taking the time to provide pro bono legal services to those who need it, in the bankruptcy arena, we have, we're fortunate enough that a couple of the schools here have clinics mm-hmm. for law students that provide legal services, pro bono legal services, and they match the law students with a lawyer. And so we have, and I like to do it that way because we have the opportunity to not only provide pro bono services, but also mentor a law student 
and allow them to do the laboring or the work, which is beneficial to you as a lawyer, practicing lawyers, you have to do a little less work, but also allows you to provide some mentorship to someone who's looking for it and provide some services to someone who needs it. So to me, it's an opportunity to do what's right, to feel good about some of the legal work, because we don't always feel good about some of the legal work we're doing. I'd like to think that most of the time we do. Mm-hmm. And also give back to the community. Yeah, and I, I remember once a lawyer said to me, and this has always stuck with me, there's a lot of lawyers out there that would say, man, I'm just too busy to take on a pro bono case. But as this lawyer told me, but if a new paying client came in, they would take it. You would take it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So you have the time. It's just a matter of what you want to devote the time to. So you have the time to devote to yeah. a pro bono matter one at a time if that's what you want to take. And listen, depending on what the matter is, I mean, there may be cases that take a lot longer, a lot more resources, a lot more time. Sure. And I mean, look, we've right. seen it all, right? There's some that are more public than others in terms of pro bono work, but you could always find the time and the resources to help somebody out. And again, think about it in that context. It really drove it home for me that we never, if there's a paying client that comes in the door, right? And it's something that we can handle and and we work out all the financial terms. We're not going to say no. Like we may be jamming and busy, busy, busy. We're not going to say no. We're not going to say no because we just took a pro bono case two weeks ago. Right. And therefore, we don't have enough time to take this case. Well, and we're not going to take, even if it, forget, yes, but even forget the pro bono, right? Right. It's like you're so busy with all this work and you're overflowing. If a new paying client came in the door, you'd find the time to get it done. Right. And if or you're you, in that situation, hire another lawyer. Well, that's what's so you bring on other resources, <laughs> right? And and I know I get it that bringing on other resources to handle a, a pro bono matter is not economical for law firms. I, mean, I, I get that. And yeah. then we're not we're not suggesting that at all. Right. But there's time. You know, there's time to give sure. back and there's time to do that. Work. Right. And I think we should also caveat that what we tell our attorneys is you still gotta do your billable work. Yeah. So take on a pro bono case, but it's not at the expense of your other paying clients. You can't just take on a pro bono case and say, oh, I'm just going to work on this for now and not, not work on any bill. Right. Cases. I mean, we don't have that structure. I know there are some firms in the country that do have that structure, right? right. They have entire departments that are focused on taking on uh, pro bono work. Right. And there are lawyers that are dedicated to that. And I think that's laudable and that's great. We don't have that structure. So your point is, is that if you do take on a, a pro bono matter, then that goes in line with all of your other work that you have and not, you know, to the exclusion of. So I agree with that. And so that's the hours component. But what about the fiscal or the economic component of giving back too? Because yes, the hours are important for sure. But what the lawyers provide is only a fraction of what these clients and services need, right? And that is dollars. Yeah. I mean, I think it's got to be a combination of the two. It's like you said, on the Florida Bar asks you to report how much time you've given and how much money you've given. Mm-hmm. So some people, I think, you know, it's like anything else, any other charitable organization. Sometimes you're going to want to give and sometimes you're going to want to support them with time or hours or some other service that you're able to provide. And those organizations, just like these pro bono clients, are going to get by with some combination of the money and the, well, the, mm-hmm. the, the clients aren't getting the money. Let's be clear. The money's going to the, the uh, organizations that provide the pro bono or coordinate the pro bono legal services. Yeah. And they have staffs and they have lawyers and you want 
those services to be able to hire good quality lawyers, right? To represent these people because there's that kind of work that's needed all the time. What the lawyers that volunteer the pro bono work is, is, is really assisting the lawyers that are full-time. You know, right. it's not in right. lieu of, you know? Right. And so think about that, right? Like there are these legal services or day legal aid, at least here in Miami, that provide these services that are needed have staffs of lawyers that they need to pay they right. need to fund. They have also not just lawyers, they have other staff administrative members, people. administrative, et cetera. And they need the dollars to fund that. But they also, the work that outside lawyers do as pro bono is complementary, right? Is needed. Like think about it. They, get, they take that work so that the people that are working there can actually right. keep doing their work because their plates are yeah. full. Yeah. I mean, if you think of just to use legal services, I mean, that's a law firm. Essentially, it is. It's a law firm that provides services. They just don't get paid by the clients. They get paid by fundraisers, governmental organizations, and wherever else they can find their resources. Mm-hmm. And so they need the resources, but they need, you know, lawyers, more lawyers to do the services because they right. can't, they just don't have enough to do it all on their own. So, what tips would you have? Some tips that you have, Jeff, um, when you take on a new pro bono to be able to manage that client right? Make sure that that client is getting the resources and the services that that client needs for the result that that client is looking for. You know, what kind of tips do you have for lawyers that may be listening out there to balance the pro bono work with the paying clients? Well, my practice has been to take one per semester and I tend to do it through these programs, through these clinics. Right. And so, you know, that's an easy way to do it. I know each semester there's going to be a new round of students that are looking for pro bono cases and looking for mentors. So I try to take one a semester. I try to have one case going. So sometimes they go longer. I'll tell you my experience. I've had several cases that have gone beyond the the school year and I'm left because the kids graduate and they move on and they some from time to time, I find a student who wants to stay with the case or they're able to stay with the case Mm -hmm. because they're not starting a job or whatever it is. So I, I try to do that. And I just look at it like another client and I treat them like any other client. I prioritize them the same way I would any client. I think the difference is tends to be the level of sophistication in terms of legal sophistication that tends to be a little lower. And so pro bono clients often will require a lot more upfront assistance. So I need to meet with them usually in person Mm -hmm. to take them. It, It requires a certain level of patients, oftentimes they don't know what they don't know. And so, but if you take that time up front and right. show them that you care, you know, the payoff is, you know, is tremendous in terms of just gratitude and, and impact. You know, you can save people from eviction, from credit card debt, from, you know, we've had clients who they just haven't had a peaceful night's sleep in ages because they can't, they don't know what to do. And most of them walk in and they have, stacks, piles. I had a woman recently with a backpack overflowing with papers. Right. And I got some red wells, some little folders just to help her just kind of get a little organized. And we were literally opening mail for her that she was afraid to even open it as if opening it would somehow, you know, create some, you know, ownership that wasn't otherwise distanced by keeping it sealed. But I don't know. I think I deviated from your question. No, not at all. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, do you I, have any tips? 
I yeah. got you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're dead on, yeah. which is you put it in the same order, same priority as any paying client. Like you said, on the front end, there's a bit more handhold, at least from the typical client that we represent, there's a little bit more handholding on the front end because there's a little less sophistication. But these people come in here and man, they have been through the ringer typically, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, stacks and stacks of paper and bills and sometimes lawsuits and sometimes evictions and sometimes bill collectors that are calling them all the time and they just want it to stop. Right. You know, and through sometimes no fault of their own, you know, sometimes they get sick and they've got medical bills and they just, you know, they can't do it. I've seen several that were identity theft. Yeah. Their product of identity theft where it was a credit card bill and was not their card. It might've been a family member or a friend or somebody else, but I've had several of those over the years where they swore up and down. These are not my charges. I didn't buy this. I didn't buy this. None of these amounts. Oftentimes they don't, understand what the lawsuit even means. Why yeah. am I being sued? I, I never had a card with this company. Or it could be that the lawsuit's by a servicer and they don't recognize that name. There's just so much complexity to our yeah. legal system that these are people who really need help. And so I, for one, for all the members of the Florida Bar that are, are listening, that are listening. Right. Members, you mean members? Not members. The- I, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, because we're all members of the Florida Bar. So I'd love to get the Florida Bar to mandate the, it. The powers that be right. that are running the Florida Bar. Right. right. To mandate. I, what I would love to see, here's what I propose. All law students should be required to do one year. Oh. <laughs> uh, one yeah. year, this is, by the way, these are the opinions of Jeff Bast and Jeff Bast only, not, <laughs> not Bast Amron, LLP, or the Practice Podcast. Yeah. There should be some requirement. It doesn't have to be a year, a semester, whatever it is. Some yeah. requirement to do pro bono or some other type of you know, legal services before you practice. Yeah, I, listen, I am in agreement with that. I don't know about structure. I'm in agreement with some sort of residency. Yeah, like a doctor, uh, right. For exactly. sure. And there's definitely a component when we all graduated law school, when current graduates are graduating, they don't really graduate prepared to practice law. Right. They just don't. And, and this so would be a good, right. This would be great. Some sort of residency with a pro bono, maybe with private firm, right. whatever it is, there's got to be a program. I don't know if it needs to be a full a year, or a six month, whatever it is, but there should be a program in place. But man, that's a high hurdle. Let's focus on, like, I, I don't know that, that okay. that's a complete shift in dynamic and maybe that's a separate okay. podcast. What if, what if the Florida Bar, and this is a product of a conversation we had recently with yeah. uh, somebody from one of the organizations mm-hmm. that was suggesting that a requirement that either you provide a certain number of hours or you pay a fee and the fee could be tied mm-hmm. to your billable hourly rate. Yeah. So I, that a I junior lawyer has a lower rate than a senior lawyer mm-hmm. who has to pay more. Yeah. And the senior lawyer in a large metropolitan area pays more than right. his or her equivalent in a you know more rural area where perhaps the hourly rates are lower. And to me that would make I think it's great. I think it would make a lot of sense. I think, again, you, I love tying it to your hourly rate. And so people think, well, okay, that's one hour of my time. Right. Right. One so, hour. That's it. I mean, that is yeah. not a lot to ask. No. And a lot of these organizations do not get funding either from the state level. 
Some get it from federal, some don't. Some get it from local, some get it from just donations and grants. And some, you know, I mean, they, they're, right. they, it's a hodgepodge of trying to put money together. And as budgets, either in local budgets or state budgets or federal budgets get constrained, they start to cut these, you know, right. the amounts that are given to these organizations. Right. Do you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but do we have any idea why the Florida Bar doesn't mandate these? No. The silence is, I don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. for the life of me, I would imagine that maybe it is a freedom thing, a choice thing. Right. I, I don't, but I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, a, that's right. a guess on yeah. my part. I just, I think it is something that if we're being asked to pay dues and fulfill obligations to the bar, which we are, and which we all willingly do, right? why can't you right. just add that? Well, it's already on the form. It's no, important it, enough. It's, it's just one Here's word. how I look at it. Right. It's important enough that they put it on the form. Correct. So they want every, what is it, every two years when we have to renew our license. Every, every year? year? Every two years. <laughs> in, in New York, it's every two years. Uh, oh, he's, he's flashing now, folks. I'm he's admitted in New York okay. and Florida. It's on the form. You have to fill it out yeah. anyway. So you're already writing. So that it's important yeah. enough to put it on the form. But so if anyone from the Florida bar is listening to this, can you please either make it mandatory or give us a call and tell us why it's not mandatory so we can, and we'll have another episode and invite and you. And we'll on. invite you on to talk yeah. about it. We'd love to debate that issue. It really would. Maybe there's things that we're missing. I'm that, sure there is. Uh, I'm sure there, I'm is. Sure there and, is. And I get it could be a burden on solo practitioners who don't have, you know, resources. And But talking about one hour of billable work Correct. in terms of a fee or you provide the services. Right. As a mandatory. Right. right? And so, yeah, I agree with you. I, I get the whole, the burden issue. and I understand that. But if you tie it to an hourly rate or, or you can put in the time. You know, to me, it seems to make sense that every lawyer should be able to do that. And by the way, there can be a, a waiver request, right? I mean, you right if the, you're yeah. you have some hardship as a lawyer, sure, then there should be a way to waive. I right. agree with that. Right. right. And so we've settled the, we've uh, settled, the problem of pro bono legal done. services in the state of Florida. Yeah. So you don't need to call us anymore. Just put it on the form, and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, just of course, kidding. Please call us. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to talk to you and see if we can have this debate and see if there is some way that we can make a change that would help benefit the people of the state of Florida and the organizations that help provide these services yeah. to those in need. If you are part of the Florida Bar or anyone else that's listening to this podcast and you enjoyed it, please give us a five-star review. Share the podcast with your friends and family. Follow us wherever you listen to. And if you have any questions send them to us. You can send them to us by email. You can do it on our website, Carrier Pigeon, however you want to reach out to us. We're available. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Nelson. For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at FastAmron.com.